If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to Series 2 of Keeping Up Appearances, the luxury podcast. If you hadn't guessed already, this is the companion podcast for exploring the world of Hyacinth Bouquet in the hit BBC sitcom Keeping Up Appearances. My name's Jonathan Vernon-Smith. With me, of course... William Hansen. Hello. We've returned to the world of podcasting for a second series because we absolutely love Hyacinth and the world of keeping up appearances. And we want you to fall in love with it as much as we do. Jonathan and I are big bucket heads. Massive. So you should know by now how this podcast works, but here's a little reminder just in case. In each instalment, William and I will take you through an episode of Keeping Up Appearances, delving deep into the world of the bouquets. And Series 2, as I mentioned at the end of Series 1, is when, in my opinion, Keeping Up Appearances really starts to cook on gas. So what is it about this series that makes it so special? I think it's because they clearly saw what a resounding success the first series, how good it was, how well received it was by the public. But they they had clearly worked out what worked, what didn't work, what needed to be put in, and it got it just got funnier. It did, and they worked out, I think, what worked with Patricia Routledge in mm. particular. And I think she probably worked out what she thought was funny, because in series two you get much more of the physical comedy from her, which is where she is, in my opinion, hilarious. Mm. I mean, she's one of the most brilliant physical female comedians, isn't she? She is, and and you also get a lot of singing. There'll always be an England. <laughs> Patricia Routledge is singing Mist now more than ever. So we're very excited to talk about the second series. We are, because I've spoken to people... Um, who've listened to series one, mm. most of, of course, love Keeping Up Appearances. Oh. Some weren't necessarily familiar with Keeping Up Appearances. Mm. And I've said to them, 
Don't judge the programme on series one. It does yeah. get much better. And series two is where I really do think it does get better. Shall we talk about today's episode? Yes. Which episode are we going through today then? I presume episode one. Call me old fashioned, but yes. I thought that would probably Let's be. Let's start good one at to the start beginning. With. Series two, episode one A Strange Man. Ooh. And I shall read Harold Snowd's summary of the episode from his book It's Bouquet, Not Bucket. This episode revolved around the arrival of a strange man who is obviously staying next door with Elizabeth. When Hyacinth first sees him, he is in the process of putting out a milk bottle and appears to be wearing just a towel round him. Hyacinth immediately jumps to all the wrong conclusions and is horrified that Elizabeth is letting the area down by having a liaison with some strange man. It isn't until later that she learns that he is, in fact, Elizabeth's brother, Emmett, who is staying with her after his marriage has fallen apart. Hyacinth is particularly enthusiastic about his presence next door when she learns that he is musically inclined to the extent of putting on productions with amateur dramatic societies. She immediately sets out to impress him with her own vocal talents, <laughs> which is quite a task. <laughs> <laughs> Again, the singing. Oh, the singing. And we open, the episode opens with the classic shot of the Wayne Elm front door. Oh, yes. Hyacinth's front door. She's inspecting the milk with the milkman, Robert Rules, back from series one. Oh, look at you. It says it here as well, which helps. Oh, I see. And she wants her own bottles back. Yes. But in future, I want you to be quite sure that I get my own bottles back. I know <laughs> mine have been properly washed, you see. And I can't be quite sure about other bottles. So please inform the people at the depot that I want my own bottles back. All the bottles are sterilised, Mrs. But... OK. The milk's pasteurised. It's a matter of complete indifference to me whether it's sterilised, pasteurised, immunised or privatised. <laughs> Just inform your superiors that I want my own bottles back. She was ahead of Covid, really. She was. She, uh, Hyacinth was a trendsetter. Yes. It's often it's often occurred to me though that milk bottles sharing all the milk bottles is a little bit unhygienic unless they're properly sterilised. Well, you would hope. She puts hers in the dishwasher, of course, doesn't she? Which is nice, but do other people? Probably not. Oh, oh we, people are grubby. Yeah. Oh, people are. Filth. You don't. You don't have a milk delivery, do you? I don't have a milk delivery. You go no. out. I don't drink it. enough milk. No. Only have a pint a week. Hardly anything. I do. I just have a pint a week, oh. and very often that goes off. Does this lack of calcium in your diet explain why one of your fingernails is black? No, I caught that in a um, in a clothes horse. Right. I've got video evidence. Why were you filming yourself with the clothes horse? CCTV. <laughs> I've got a very expensive security system. Right. I've been alarmed and CCTV'd by a team of professionals. Series five. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get on to that, listeners. Bear with us. She has a little bit of a muck about with the with the milkman, but that's really only to pave the way for the door to arrive, Elizabeth's door to arrive, and there is a semi-naked Emmett. We don't know he's called Emmett at that point, of course. No, and Hyacinth, of course, the, her milkman's gone. He's obviously already been to next door because Emmett comes out, or this strange man comes out to get the milk. In a towel. Draped in a towel. Which is very common. It's very common. <laughs> 
It's very common. It is common. I would never go outside never. half-dressed. I once put my wheelies out in my pyjamas and I felt positively outrageous. Did anybody see you? I hope not. I'll be honest. A slight confession oh, here. I didn't you, see you, oh, don't worry. <laughs> what have you done? The other day. Yeah. I was, I think I was just emptying the bins. I think I had two bins. I had the recycling to empty and the the non-recyclables. And I was in, because we had just had some building work done, so I was quite sort of, I'd be moving things around. And you're looking at me in a funny way. Oh, God, I just want to see where this story goes. (laughs) And I was in a a T-shirt, which is not really on brand for me, but I was in quite an old sort of T-shirt and a pair of sort of, T-shirt material shorts, which is sort of my doing heavy-duty stuff around the house outfit. Labourer. Yeah. So butch. And I thought, I need to whiz these things out to the to the bins. I, you know, it was it was three o'clock in the afternoon on a, on a Friday. I thought, well, can I get away with this or not? So I did. I went, I went out, emptied, emptied them. And as I was coming back, half the neighbours either arrived or came out of the front door and saw me. Normally, I can go out and empty the bins. I'll be dressed beautifully, you know, in dinner jacket, whatever we wear for Chinos, dinner. Chinos. Yes. Church's shoes. Nobody sees me. No. Typical. I'm there looking like a... Slob. Yes. Looking like an onslow. And they all come out. Yeah. Moral of the story, don't go outside dressed in bad clothes or draped in a towel. Or in your pyjamas. No. So, Emmett goes and, and does this, and it's it's... I think this whole episode would, or Hyacinth's reaction would have been completely different had Emmett come out dressed in a nice pair of chinos. Well, <laughs> it kind of would have ruined the whole point, wouldn't it? Yes. Because, of course, this is all the build-up to who is this man because she comes back into the house and she's, she's clearly very concerned. She's got something on her mind. She says to Richard... If Sheridan were here, he'd be appalled. That is almost like a semi-catchphrase for the series mm. that, that comes through. But I think possibly that's the first time that, that line is said. At, at this, I don't think it was said in series one off the top of my head. Nobody laughs. Nobody laughs. There's nothing. Nothing. Whereas later on in the series... It's hilarious. It gets a big laugh. Is it because we don't really know that much about Sheridan yet at this point? Yes, I suppose we've had sort of mentions of him... Yes, we don't yet know he lives with someone called Tarquin. Indeed. And studies needlework. And wants to go to Iceland to check out the geezers. That's true. So we're already the episode is set up around this. Elizabeth is clearly a bit of a slut and she's got a man. <laughs> <laughs> or so Hyacinth well, thinks. Thinks, yes, yes, at the time. We know that obviously Elizabeth is actually not that way inclined. We'll have to move. Move! I shall miss this house. This episode in particular, especially the first half of this episode, it's quote after quote after quote from Hyacinth. There is some excellent writing for her that they give her. Almost everything she says is a soundbite that I still use to this day in everyday life. Of course you do. Including... I've warned her against watching Channel 4. <laughs> and don't forget the one about, if I'd known this was going to happen, I never would have had double glazing installed. <laughs> now, but that comes later, doesn't it? Because we don't, don't we then have the Onslow and Daisy in bed scene? We have the Sheridan appalled happens. Yes. Uh, the Channel 4 thing happens. And then it cuts away mm. to the other side of town, where you would expect a man to be draped in a towel outdoors yeah. to Daisy Onslow. So now, we yeah. should remind people who Daisy Onslow are. Daisy is Hyacinth's sister, 
who has married Onslow and now lives in a council estate and lives, well, a rough old life, really, doesn't she? Yes. It's not. It's a complete difference to how Hyacinth and Richard live. It certainly is. And I'll be honest with you, in this particular episode, episode one, I don't think there's very much funny that occurs between Onslow and Daisy. It's not no. funny. So, um, really, the point of Onslow and Daisy is firstly to introduce new Rose. Yes. Who comes in like a breath of fresh air. Here oh. she is, new Rose. Smelling of roses. Oh, yes. And, and we should say, for those that, that don't know why there was a switch, there was no sort of falling out with uh, Shirley Stelfox, who played Rose in Series 1. It was just that when it, they came to film Series 2, she was not available. I would imagine Shirley Stelfox, perhaps, and her agent regretted that decision based on how Keeping Appearances then went on to, to just be the thing that it became. But yes, Mary Miller was cast, who was a very well-respected stage actress who had just come from Phantom of the Opera on the London West End stage. And she was brilliant. I can't go. I'm expecting a phone call from Mr Bickerstaff. Who's Mr Bickerstaff? Who's Mr Bickerstaff? He's only the best thing that ever happened to me. A chance to start again, to build on the security of someone who cares for me. I thought that was Mr Crabtree. Don't speak to me about that swine. And it quickly becomes apparent, Daddy's gone missing. What a surprise. Exactly. Daddy, surprise, surprise, has gone missing. That moment is just really to set that up, isn't it? Because that then becomes quite crucial a little later on in the scene. Yes, the payoff comes later and we'll discuss that. It's back to the kitchen. Hyacinth and Richard, well, more Hyacinth with Richard listening, continue to discuss this man next door. And I'm very fortunate that I have always lived generally next to nice people, with one exception, which we'll talk about in a moment. Your neighbours across the years, good, bad? Uh, So my neighbours now are lovely, very nice neighbours. And most of my neighbours I've had before Mm. were nice. Um, I had some sex neighbours a long time ago, but I'll tell you more about them a little later on. But I had some... When you say you had sex neighbours... Oh, they were disgusting. Oh, I see. These weren't... Almost perverts. Oh. I had a man in my last flat. I had a man who I despised um, and chased down the road once. You chased a neighbour down the road? Yes, because he... Was he a paper boy? No, he wasn't a paper boy. He had um, tenants. He he rented his flat out. And we had a very strict rule that you will appreciate, William, Mm. in our block of flats, which is luxury exclusive block. And that was no washing to be hung on the balconies. Yes, quite right. Nothing makes a block look more common than someone's bed sheets draped over the railings. Yeah. So I policed this rule... (laughs) With every inch of my being. I find that very hard to believe. And he had some new tenants who moved in and they put all of their washing on the balcony. So, of course, I went and knocked on their front door and I was very polite. I said, hello, I know you've only just moved in. Please, can you not put your washing on the balcony? Because it looks common. (laughs) And about an hour later, there was a knock at my front door and they'd obviously called him up to say, well, we've not got on very well. We've just been told off. He knew who it was. So... (laughs) He came round and he rang on my intercom. I had a very exclusive intercom system. And he rang on my intercom system and he said, how dare you tell my tenants not to hang their washing on the line? Anyway, I saw red. Have you ever seen red? 
Um, yes, from time the to time. red mist came over me, and I'll be honest with you, ladies and gentlemen, podcast listeners, I'm not a violent person, <laughs> but I wanted to batter that man. <laughs> I wanted to batter him until he couldn't move anymore. So I went to open the front door. But thankfully, and I like to think someone was watching over me, thankfully I'd accidentally chub-locked myself in. <laughs> so, so, so I couldn't get the door open, so I had to go and find the chub-lock key to unchub-lock. Was he waiting for you? No, he's at the bottom of the stairs, because right. I was on the top floor. Yes, yeah, I remember. And he, he was outside, and I said, wait there! And I tried to open the door. The door... <laughs> And so I had to go and find the key. I couldn't find the key. Well, by the time I found the key and I got downstairs, I had no shoes on. All I had was my socks. But I was so furious and my desire to batter him was so great that I got downstairs, at which point he'd heard me coming. He ran and he and I chased him. down. It was like something from a Benny Hill, Hill film. I chased him down the road. He got into his BMW. Yes. Just as I reached the car, and he <laughs> locked the doors, oh! and off he drove. Thankfully, I didn't reach him. Otherwise, I might not be sitting here talking to you now. You might be in the Mount. I might be in <laughs> Pentonville. Is the Mount Women's? No, it's an open prison. I would have got out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right, they'd have to keep me properly secured. And, so, and yeah, just so go, I didn't like him. Bed sheets? Did they ever make a reappearance? No, no. Okay, so it did work. Oh yeah, there was no excuse for it. We had a very expensive whirly gig round the back. <laughs> What's the whirly gig? It's a big a rotary circular. washing line. It's called a whirly gig. Oh right. Yeah. And anyone could use your whirly gig. Yes. Often Kathleen from Number Six was hanging her smalls out there. <laughs> Sadly, no longer with us. Oh, Poor let's Kathleen. take a moment. I once got some neighbours in Manchester when I used to live there. I got them an Asbo. Oh, I remember this Asbo. Yes. yes, well done you. I had to get Asbat round, which is the Antisocial Behaviour Action Team. <laughs> As they were called. I don't know if Asbats still exist, but certainly uh, the Manchester Greater Manchester Police sent round someone from... I think it was Sangeeta from Asbat. I've still probably got her in my phone book. Should get her on. And Sangeeta came round, and I had to then record a noise diary as to you know how often I was experiencing. What this noises as- were they making? Just uh, fighting. It was generally fighting. Oh. And I was worried because I actually was worried that it might be a slightly abusive relationship oh dear, as well. well. Take the comedy out of this story, why don't you? <laughs> well, abusive, re- and also the noise would somehow you know. Disturb my candlelight suppers. <laughs> <laughs> now we get to the truth. Yeah. And uh, so, yes, they, they got an asbo. And they're gone. <laughs> so the and moral was, of the story yes. is you got your neighbours an asbo and I nearly battered mine. <laughs> yes. You yeah. could have got an asbo. But that was probably... Worse. Yeah. I mean, seriously, I was very GBH. angry. Yeah. In Hyacinth's world, however, it's a little calmer. Thank goodness. But she's very worried about the property values. Yes, and turning uh, Elizabeth's house into a house of ill repute. Yes. How can there be a harmless explanation to a strange man in the house, informally dressed with a debauched expression, (laughs) and obviously been there all night? Hyacinth says, 
she will not share milk bottles with an illicit love nest. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I have to say, I I wonder if... I I do sort of, and I can remember watching this episode sort of as a as a late teenager. I mean, having initially watched it when I was, I know, seven, mm. but you don't necessarily get it. I do wonder whether this is a reflection on Hyacinth and her attitude to intimacy, in that we probably think there isn't a lot of intimacy that goes on in that relationship. There's a kiss on the cheek. We see one kiss on the lips, I think, at, at one point in the series. And so the fact that Elizabeth has... In, at this point, I mean, obviously, it's it's not what it, it is. But Hyacinth at that point thinks that Elizabeth, her nice, safe neighbour, who also doesn't have any intimacy because the husband works abroad... He's a prostitute. ..is a prostitute or is, is putting it about a bit. Mm. Do you think Hyacinth is jealous at any point? <laughs> no. No, I don't. That Elizabeth potentially has had... Sex? Yeah. But she's got Richard. Richard! <laughs> Why would she? Why would she be jealous of Richard? Because I think of, that uh, that informs her her reaction to all of this, because she goes completely over the top, which obviously is you know we'll have to move, as she says. Yes, but have point. you ever lived in suburbia? Well, I do now, I guess. Well, but yes, it's but London, London suburbia. suburbia. We're very metropolitan. Yeah, I mean, out of London suburbia can be yeah. quite like that. And if you back in the nineties, which of course is when this was set, yes. To have a next-door neighbour, I mean, you just wouldn't do that. No. If one of our neighbours had come out wearing nothing but a towel, that would also have been the talk of the street. Mm. People would have been horrified. Middle-class England, you don't do that. No. The standards. Then it cuts back to Hyacinth, and I just love the opening line. As the scene cuts back to Hyacinth, she's looking, by this point, very stressed, <laughs> very concerned, and her line is, we'll have to move. I mean, it's just obvious. She, she and Richard are going to have to move. And they're going to have to move today. Yes, probably. Order yes. the removals vehicles. Let's get out of here. And she insists that she will not raise Sheridan in a continental atmosphere. No. Now, talking of that continental atmosphere, and actually something that she says earlier about Channel 4, we should just say for any of our sort of millennial or Generation Z listeners to this uh, podcast, what Channel 4, because now Channel 4 might be seen as sort of fairly pedestrian mainstream yeah but at the time channel 4 had only just launched i think it launched in 89 possibly maybe 88 Mm -hmm. Uh, and it used to show some interesting programming racy yes my parents were very keen on a program they used to show on channel 4 on a friday evening called euro trash ah um and euro trash explored european sex people oh well, you know the way people from Europe, they're very sexual. So in in Eurotrash, they would quite often find themselves in some kind of, you know, German bar where everyone was naked. Oh. And it was really just, it was a kind of documentary, but with funny voices. So Kate Robbins, you know, the wonderful yes. Kate Robbins, she did a lot of the voices for the women. <laughs> and they would always kind of... They'd, for example, they'd have a big German woman with her breasts dangling, and then Kate Robbins would do the voiceover, and she'd be like, "Yeah, we only came in for a pie," and it, <laughs> and it was things like that. It was very funny. My parents used to love watching that program. That does sound quite funny. As a child, I used to, you know, come in, made you the man you are today, find them watching it, and they'd be roaring with laughter. But that was Channel Four. It was very risque, yeah, naughty, cheeky, not anything that Hyacinth would want. She'd Richard be horrified. 
No. Horrified. I warned her against watching Channel 4. <laughs> so that's a bit of context as to that Channel 4 line and all this continental atmosphere mm. uh, that, that she says. Back to Onslow and Daisy, there's just more planning. However, we have a new Roses man introduced. Yes. What's his name? Mr. Mr. Bickerstaff. Bickerstaff. Oh, yes. Would you like a Roses men update? Oh, yes, please. I think it's important. How many do you think we have had in Series 1, including Mr. Bickerstaff, mentioned for the first time in Series 2? How many men do you think we have had so far? I think far? we're up to five. Okay. Including Mr. Bickerstaff, seven. Seven? That is one per episode, almost. Wow. Now, she doesn't have one per episode, because there, there are a few episodes throughout the series where Rose doesn't necessarily have a specific man. Uh, we had Mr. Crabtree. Can you remember any of the others? Uh, Point if you do. Well, there's... Later on, of course. No, no, we're only doing the ones we've done. Oh, no, no, go on. Mr. Heppelwhite. You've got them written in front of you. So yes, it's on. much easier for go me. <laughs> Mr. Blenkinsop. Oh, Mr. Blenkinsop, yes. Mr. Duxbury. Oh, lovely. And that is, remember, that is uh, Ethel's son. Oh, yes. He was a catch. Yes. <laughs> Reg mm-hmm. and Dennis. Reg and Dennis. And then Mr. Bickerstaff. And, of course, in this scene... They refer, Onslow and Daisy refer to the fact that they have heard Rose oh. with Mr. Bickerstaff. Oh, this is so disconcerting. I've been in a few hotels before where you can hear things going yeah. on next door. Well, I mentioned my noisy neighbours <gasps> yes. upstairs. So I, in my first flat, I had uh, sex people moved in upstairs. He was a builder. And he had a girlfriend, and this girlfriend I can only describe as being as common as muck. Oh. And I think, and I don't wish to go into too much detail here, but he was a bit of a stallion. Okay. And they would, on a Friday and Saturday night, they'd clearly go out to a pub, come home, and it would start. And it would go on and on and on and on. And it would always build to the same crescendo. Oh, that's amazing. Then the shower would go on. And moments later, it would start <laughs> all over again. And again, it would go on again. Again. And when you say it goes on and on and on, what are we talking? An hour. H- heterosexuals. Hour fi- seven minutes. An hour, hour and 15 minutes. And always you'd wait for the. Oh, my God. Ah! <laughs> and this went on it was normally friday and saturday nights was it just twice a night uh well yes twice a night <laughs> okay. was quite that was quite enough actually. no i wondered how many times did the loop oh, continue it just went on and it went on for a few months and you know it was one of those very difficult and i told all my friends and they all used to when they saw me they'd go oh is it amazing and <laughs> One day, it was when... Do you remember when 24 first came out? Yes. And do you remember in, in 24, there's that sound effect where it goes... <laughs> do you remember that? Yeah, that yeah. noise I've in just, I've just rewatched 24. Yeah, OK. So I was watching 24 quite a lot. And one day I was in the car park. And this builder upstairs, he comes over to me. He said, excuse me, mate. He said, um, are you watching 24 at the moment? I said, yes. He said... Could you turn your telly down a bit? Because 
<laughs> I can hear it coming through my flat. I said, I beg your pardon. I said, if you knew what I had to listen to with your girlfriend. Ah, 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 it was amazing. I really let rip. He moved out the following week. <gasps> and what did he say? Nothing. He just left. He went bright red and he left. Moved. That showed him. Disgusting. Sex people. If they are your neighbours now, listeners, write in. <laughs> you'll you'll recognise them. Ugh. Imagine if they ever bring back This Is Your Life and they do This Is Your Life for you. Do you remember this voice? <laughs> <laughs> and then from behind the doors. Oh, dear. Oh, Horrible. Well... In order to find out what is actually going on, Hyacinth devises this entire routine uh, whilst Richard is, in theory, going to work and he's going to be late for work in order to flush out Emmett like he's a rat. Um, Richard is obviously trying to avoid doing this and just get to work to sort of pay for everything, but Hyacinth has other ideas. And then we have that wonderful moment. It's become a gif on uh, Twitter. Of course, only old people use gifs. And uh, <laughs> so I was reliably informed today by a young person. Yes. But it's become a gif on Twitter. I only know what a gif is because of series one of yes, the podcast. Because you, you educated me about a gif. The dif- difference between a gif and a meme. I still, I still couldn't tell you, to be honest. I glazed <laughs> over. <laughs> Uh, but yes, then there's that wonderful moment where there's all this sort of gesturing and come on over yes, here. Yes, well, hasn't he got to go out and and mm. and look for something? The idea is that Hyacinth waves Richard off to work, as she clearly always does every day. Yeah. Bye, dear. He then gets halfway down the drive to a point where he will be able to then view Elizabeth's house yeah. in a surreptitious way, forget something, and that... F- Come back into the house. Is to give Hyacinth a little kiss on the cheek. But this is the first time, I think, in the whole of Keeping Up Appearances, Mm. we see just how brilliantly hilarious Patricia Routledge was and is as a comedy actress because the physicality of this scene is so funny. And, of course, she's getting exasperated and the gesticulations... It's just so funny. And I don't think there are very many actors or actresses that have that ability to make something as simple as that little routine look so funny. Exactly. And we we could ask anyone to do it now. Do that routine. They wouldn't be able to do it. No, no, no. It was was her thing. Yeah. And she's, of course, wearing the blue house dress, which we love, which kind of makes it funnier as well. Yeah. And we later find out, although we'll come back to this, we later find out she's also wearing my favourite shoes. Peep toe slingbacks. The soft leather cream peep toe slingbacks. <laughs> always, always hilarious. Back for a second series. Oh, I must get that. It's probably my sister Violet, the one with the swimming pool sauna and room for a pony. We'll be back momentarily. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Buckethead's, and we're talking about Series 2, Episode 1 of Keeping Up Appearances, A Strange Man. We left you uh, when Hyacinth and Richard were trying to flush out Emmett. And we, we, for the first time ever, we see Elizabeth's house, or indeed her room. Elizabeth, for the sake of Keeping Up Appearances, only has one room in her house, and it's that quite plain sitting room. Yes. I say plain, some people could look at it and think, oh, what a gorgeous sitting room. But in comparison to Hyacinth's, which is sort of faux ornate, Elizabeth's is, is fairly bland. Yeah. Well, fairly normal for that time. Probably, yes, I Because everything was a little bit chintzy. And nondescript. No. Nothing to write home no. about. And very small. Yes, well, presumably because it was sort of jammed on the end of, an, of another set in television. But, centre. of course, Elizabeth's house in real life is quite big, isn't it? And isn't it's there a huge. swimming pool in the garden? There is. Yeah. You'd never know it from looking at it. And we should just say why we know that. Because we're weird stalkers. <laughs> because there was an article not that long ago, because the house was put on the market, and obviously some estate agent thought this will get traction, and phoned up the Daily Mail, I think it was, and said, look, you know, you can talk about Elizabeth's house being up for sale. And actually the interior is absolutely nothing like it looks from the outside, really. I'm sure you can find the article... Uh, bucket heads, if you're. If oh you're... yes, and there's definitely a pool. Yes, not a very nice pool. No, not a, not a huge pool. But Hyacinth would, of course, be very jealous that there was a pool oh, next door. She would. Very, very jealous. Not that I can see her using a pool if she had one of her her own. No. Um, so Elizabeth and Emmett are are inside the house, and of course Emmett has noticed Richard doing all of this ridiculous routine in the driveway. And she wonders whether he wonders whether the chap's very forgetful. Uh, hello, can you hang on a minute, please? Hyacinth then realises that Richard is being hopeless at this, and so Hyacinth goes round to do it herself and to talk to Elizabeth and to find out what is going on. And whilst that is, uh, she thinks that she'll go round ring the doorbell, and then this illicit lover will then run out the back and be caught by Richard. So Richard is on lookout, and in the process of Richard being on lookout, the phone goes. Very rare moment that we see Richard actually answer that white slim line telephone with last number redial. So when Richard then turns up at Elizabeth's house, and of course he kind of, we have that moment where he's trying to... You've seen it in the papers. ...psych himself up for for his story that he's got to give. And then, of course, when he comes in there, Hyacinth is already in the room 
with Emmett and with Elizabeth. And she's frantically gesticulating to say, no, 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 don't, don't, don't come out with the line that we'd pre-rehearsed <laughs> because this is Elizabeth's brother, Emmett. And that's where we finally realise that Emmett is indeed Elizabeth's brother. And he's moved, although it's not sort of said at that point, but he's moved in because of a, a messy divorce. Now, my brother is is not married yet. Your brother is. But I don't know, regardless of divorce or circumstance, I love my brother very much. But I'm not sure I would let him move in indefinitely. Oh, I'd let mine. But just for a short period of time, because mm. my brother's very good at DIY. Oh, really? And I've got lots of jobs that need doing, including some new executive decking. Oh, you're having decking? I'd like to have a barbecue area with executive gazebo. Where, where would you put that? Over would... there. Okay. Hmm. Instead of the greenhouse. Oh, right. Yes, I was going to say you'd have to move something, wouldn't The you? greenhouse would go okay. and I'd have a new, very smart barbecue area. So while he was here, he could build that for me. Do you need to have decking for a barbecue area, or could that not just go on flagstones? It could do, but, well, I'm not going to bore you and the listeners with it, but I'd have to try and match very old limestone. Ah, okay. so thus... It's easier to go for something completely contrasting, a little bit of decking. We could submit your house if they ever redo ground force. I don't want You could go off to work. I don't want Charlie Dimmock coming And Tommy Walsh. (laughs) I don't want them in my garden, thank you. Well... I think it's something to consider. And, of course, Hyacinth is getting quite carried away with Emmett because he's musical. And, indeed, he's cultured. And so she starts speaking French. She says his name in a very deliberate Emmett. But that's way. when she's back at home with Richard, isn't it? Well, yeah, and, and with, in, front of, in front of Emmett. She, she leaves going, A bientôt, as the French say, oh, Café yes. au lait for uh, a tete-a-tete. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got all the lines. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you did the hand as well. Pop in for a coffee, Emmett. And later on, there'll be a little candlelight supper sometime to look forward to. You'll enjoy it, Emmett. Just a small select gathering. Living next door to us, you'll soon learn that you're at the centre of the cultural hub of things round here. I must be leaving for the office again. (laughs) Amianto, as the French say. (laughs) Café au lait for a tete (laughs) tea. Why do we think Emmett divorced? (laughs) Could it be because... Yes, he was just a bit too theatrical. (laughs) <laughs> it was just one Gilbert and Sullivan operetta too much for his former wife. He's gay as a lord. <laughs> Let's be honest. Yes, I, I, that's what I think they've written in. Uh, well, that's the subtext. I don't, it's never explicitly said, but I, I think that might be why. Right. If we ever talk to David Griffin, who plays Emmett, we will have to ask how he we, was playing. We can't, because he's quite like Emmett. So he might have played that part, in all seriousness, as a butch man. <laughs> he might have done. I, I've never spoken to him, but I've heard he's very theatrical. Oh, right, OK. Well, 
that suits Hyacinth down to the ground. She loves it because back inside we learn that Emmett is a musician. He directs musicals. He's going to be an asset at musical soirees. And Hyacinth then worries. She goes into that that typical Hyacinth uh, overdrive. How should she let her talents emerge naturally or obviously to Emmett? And if she does start starring in amateur dramatic productions, will it be fair to Sheridan to have a mother on the stage? Because I love the fact in her head, if she starts doing amateur dramatic, she's going to be so good at it and so well received that she is going to become the next Shirley Temple or the next Liza Minnelli. She's a frustrated star. She is. Yeah. When do we get to the bit where they're in the um, Richard's getting into the rover? And because that comes straight after, doesn't it? Where Richard's getting the room. Is he going to work at that? Point? Yeah, he's then. Richard then goes off. We have another little bit of, bit of nonsense at, at Onslow's that's oh, really not worth talking no, about. It's not. Then we we have Richard finally going to work. Oh, I see. And Hyacinth's yes. outside, yes. sort of seeing him off. And that's where we get the invitation to coffee. Coffee at ten forty-five, Elizabeth. <laughs> and we get the singing. We do the first little burst of singing when the door opens. And she's ready for him. She's obviously decided what she's doing. Come in, come in, come in! <laughs> <laughs> but she come ins all over his face. She does. She does. She does. She does it right up in his face. When he, when he comes through the door, poor chap. Come in. Come in. <laughs> She's coming all over his face. <laughs> and she does that after some discussion about timings, because they are almost on time. <laughs> They are all. Yes, that's true. Or is it a bit early? Is it oh, a bit early? <laughs> Something wrong. Something She's like. making it clear. She's yeah. a pain. And of course, then they cut to um, Hyacinth going through the photo album and boring poor Emmett to tears. Some wonderful alliteration here. Go on. Uh, you love your alliteration. Sheridan at Sheringham in his little sailor suit. <laughs> yes. and of course, I do like her old-fashioned pronunciation of suit. Suit. Uh, He's do- bored out of his brain, though, isn't he, poor Emma? Already? Yeah. He hasn't, at this point, his character hasn't sort of worked out that actually in order to get on with Hyacinth, you sort of just need to sort of fake it a little bit, whereas he is looking bored. Dawdling on a donkey at Dawlish. <laughs> I don't even know where Sheringham is. Is Sheringham a pl- Oh, is it? Where? Where is it? Oh, Sheringham is in Norfolk, I'm now told. Oh. Dawlish, is that Norfolk area as well? I don't know where Dawlish is. I've only been to Norfolk once. How was that? Anyway, so... <laughs> she's also drinking out of the Roll Dalton with the hand-painted periwinkles. Yes. Colclough. Braganza. Colclough Braganza, which we're not drinking out of today. In fact... I forgot my teacup. We're not drinking out of our tea. I, I'll level with you. I'm having a slightly unhyacinth drink. You're having an Onslow drink. I'm drinking beer. 
I'm having the finest filtered Hertfordshire water. Yes, that's true. Neither of us, however, are having another cup of aromatic nut roasted special. <laughs> Which I've realised, when I was watching it, I thought, when people... <laughs> I get complimented on my coffee quite a lot, because I do coffee very properly, and it's a bit of a production. Right. I don't know why I have never said to anyone that has come to my house, you, anyone, any, the producer, anyone, another cup of aromatic nut roasted special. Doesn't matter that I don't have aromatic nut roasted special, and that it's actually something else from Guatemala. But I am going to say in future, another cup of aromatic nut roasted special. You must do. You must do. Because why let the truth get in the way? I'll expect it. Yeah, you come over. I can't wait. Another cup of aromatic nut roasted special? No! (laughs) No, thank you, I'm fine. Onslow and Daisy then arrive outside Mm. in the Cortina. So, of course, a lot of what's been going on with the the whole Onslow and Daisy uh, backstory is that they're out there looking for Daddy and they've come round to Hyacinth's house to say... Daddy's gone missing and we think he's probably naked. And, of course, Hyacinth, she's got her new neighbours, one of whom she's trying to impress, Emmett, yeah. to see the uh, the old banger Cortina arrive outside the house with the obligatory explosion. Yes. He's just horrifying for Hyacinth and you get that hilarious look of, of horror on her face. <laughs> she goes out to get rid. And to be fair... There are times in this programme where she tries to get rid and it doesn't work. No. This one does actually work. Yeah. She actually does manage to get rid of them. But I love the fact that before she goes outside, she has to come back in several times to uh, talk to Emmett, including the last time when she again swings her face around right <laughs> in his face. Yes. Love that. Don't move. <laughs> <laughs> Don't move. I'll be back. Mm. Uh, and there's a, there's a nice um, there's a, talking of the, the exclusive Hertfordshire water that I've just been drinking. There's a there's a <laughs> nice line where Onslow's worried that maybe the the car engine I don't know what you put yeah, the water it in needs water in needs the engine, water yeah. and Hasn't says and I think she believes this. I don't think it's an actual uh, fobbing off excuse. Ah, oh, the water's not suitable for your kind. The water around here is not suitable for your, your kind, kind of vehicle. vehicle. Yeah, that's true though. Yeah. Probably, because his car's dreadful. As they, as Hyacinth goes back to her house, Emmett and Elizabeth have spotted the opportunity to do a runner. Yeah. So they're coming out of the house. They make their excuses. They've got to leave. And who comes swinging round the corner in nothing but long johns? Daddy on his bike. Daddy! Not completely naked, but, I mean, long johns is not ideal. No, but, I mean, how embarrassing. Yeah. She's there and trying to, trying to impress uh, Emmett... And her father comes straight in through the back gate on a bike in his long johns. Down the side passage. So, of course, she has to try and dress it up in that hyacinth-esque way by suggesting that... Um, well, how does she say... How, how does she excuse it? She ends up with singing They'll Always Be in England. A great Vera Lynn song. Yeah. Um, she... It's, he's in some sort of race, isn't he? His number must have fallen off. <laughs> As with the rest of the clothes, <laughs> yeah, and uh, and yes, he must. She must go and get some orange juice, yeah, before the next lap. They'll always be on England, and then it all ends. Cue the candelabra. <laughs>
Now, before we go, we wanted to make sure you were really paying attention. So let's see how much we all spotted. What club does Hyacinth say her father is a part of when he comes cycling home? Heaven help us. Oh. oh. Do you know the answer? Is it the over 60s? I love the fact the over 60s. The over 60s well cycling over 60s. club, is it? Yeah. It's something to do with cycling. The over 60s cycling club. I think it's something like the over 60s triathlon. <laughs> Luxury Triathlon Club. What is it? The over 70s cycling club. Oh. Ten years out. Mm. Yeah, I was going to say over 60s. I mean, Daddy is probably, you know, close to 100. Yeah, supposed to be. Yes. Well, there we go. We'll have to pay closer attention in future. If you want to keep up with the bouquets, you can now listen back to William and me chatting through every episode of Series 1 right now. There'll be a new episode of our Series 2 analysis every Wednesday. And we need your help to let other people into the world of Hyacinth Bouquet and our podcast, please. So if you wouldn't mind picking up your white slimline telephone with last number redial, giving them a call and instructing them to join us, well, we'd be frightfully grateful. See you soon. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.